Each choice we make moves us toward fear or love. On my Life and Laughter podcast, we'll talk about those choices and learn how to attract more love and connection and laughter. This is Perry Kinder. Let's get started. Hey, Life and Laughter listeners, coming back again. Good for you. Very brave of you. So happy to have you here today. I'm loving doing these podcasts with these people that I meet. It's always fun to learn something, and it's always fascinating for me. Hope you enjoy it too. So thank you for listening. And today I have a really special guest, as always. They're always special guests. But I met Acadia Darkwood um, just recently. Not, it hasn't been too long. She's a practicing hedge witch, which means she works actively with spirits and meditation and spell work. She was born and raised in Salt Lake City, but has lived in California and Hawaii. And she's a psychic reader utilizing tarot and oracle cards to connect with spirit. So welcome, Acadia. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so glad you're here. And like a lot of what I do on my show is I talk to people that do things that are interesting that we might not know about, or especially in Utah, I have a segment about spirituality, about how there are different segments of spirituality in our state that don't get talked about very often. Right. And I think that what you do, being a psychic medium, a spirit reader, an energy reader, is very first misunderstood, very maligned, right, right. and kind of categorized as, oh, don't go there. Right. So has that been in your experience? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Great. People in my family, some people in my family thought I'd gone completely insane. I've lost friends. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But wow. it's but just... we probably gained friends, too. I have gained a lot of friends, yes. So tell me about <clears throat> your how you got involved in this. What was your journey to become who you are today? So it's kind of an, an interesting collection of synchronicities and missed opportunities. <laughs> but um, right, we, we got time. So. All of my life, for some strange reason, people have always given me books on witchcraft. I have no idea why. <laughs> I didn't ask for them. I thought, oh, that's nice. How nice for you. Right. And, uh, and I used to use them as part of my Halloween decor every year. <laughs> um, and then one year in my late 50s, I was in a very dark place. <laughs> and... Um, actually suicidally depressed. Oh, wow. Yeah, very dark. Wow. And I was putting up my Halloween decorations, and one of these books that I had never actually really looked at, let alone read, kind of jumped out at me. The name of the book was Celebrating the Crone. I love it. And I thought, well, I am a crone, (laughs) and uh, I haven't been able to find a job for three years because I walk in and I get interviewed by (laughs) 13-year-olds, and I was feeling very, so I thought, maybe I'll just read this book and just see what it says. Right. So it was very interesting. It talked about the history of the crone and who she actually is, how she was venerated in ancient times as the wise woman, and the, the word crone actually is Germanic and means crown. I didn't know that. It does. But so in our present day cultures, any woman who's past her childbearing years is really like, oh, yeah, why don't you go up in the mountains and die? <laughs> we don't need you anymore. Uh, we don't you, need you, you anymore. You have served your purpose. That's right. Um, in this book, there were a collection of rituals that you could perform to claim your cronehood. Most of them were designed for, for multiple people, but there was one that was for a solitary person. I thought, you know, I'm, I, why not? I'm just going to sure. do this. I need a little pick-me-up, so why not? <laughs> Embrace your cronehood. Exactly. So I gathered all the ingredients, and I performed my first ritual. I had no idea what I was doing, and I was so empowered by that. Really? So what did, I, what did that feel like to you? Oh, my goodness. It was all, my whole world suddenly became um, a horizon of possibility. Oh, wow. The very next day, I called my sister, and I said, I'm going to be a witch. And I drove over to Crone's Hollow, 
And that's in Murray? That's in Murray. Murray, Utah. Yeah, and I, went, I, uh, I spoke to uh, Durican, who's the manager there. I walked up to him and said, I want to be a witch. How do I join a coven? <laughs> and he was very sweet, very patient. He said, well, you, you don't join a coven. You're invited to, into a coven. Right. I said, but here's some books you can read. Right. So he gave me books, and because Hermione is my patron saint, I started reading. And, uh, and a year and a day later, I had studied and practiced and could there then call myself a witch I initiated myself into witchcraft. Wow. So I am a solitary, which means I don't practice in a coven. I practice by myself. Right. And um, I've been practicing over three years now, which means that technically I can call myself a high priestess. Good for you. And uh, there you go. And, so, and by the way, the depression is gone. Really? Since I set my toe on this path. Wow. I have had no more depression. Wow. And it's because I found who I am. That's beautiful. So. Did you have any inkling when you were younger that you had a connection to spirit? Uh, yes. When I was, when I was small, um, I definitely felt things. Like what? Like uh, energies around me and mm. things in the night. I would sense that something was there and it scared me. Right. And, and I had no one to speak to about it or counsel me on it. Sure. So, Especially and, in Utah, since I, you grew up in Utah. And because <laughs> I was a member of the dominant religion at that time, right. uh, there, it was all, oh, they're out to get you. Right. You know, be, be afraid, be right. very afraid. It's Satan, so, he's coming to get exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. So praying and, and didn't help. I used to go to sleep at night tucked into my covers. You can't let your arm or your leg over the edge <laughs> right. of the bed because there's, there is yeah. something out there. there. <laughs> so I pushed it aside. I, I, I ignored them. And then over time, what happened is I began to, to go dormant. Right. My abilities became. But once I started the witchcraft, part of that is reconnecting, of course, with spirit. Right. You yeah. kind of have to. Yeah. That's kind of the whole, the whole spiel. E exactly. Yeah. And especially through the cards, which are also part, can be a part of the craft uh, divination. Right. And uh, they began to speak to me again. And because I was now facing it from a completely different perspective, it no longer frightened me. Right. And uh, one of the first spirits I connected with, actually, was the spirit of my paternal grandmother. Really? Who was, uh, her family came straight from the Appalachians. Oh, wow. And she was a witch. Wow. She Did had, you know that before this? No, and she didn't. Oh, really? But she brought all these traditions from the Scots-Irish culture. Right. Bells on the door. Oh, reading right. tea leaves, yeah. talking to spirits. She did all of that, but she didn't couch it in terms of, oh, I'm a witch. She just, you know. It was just what, something she did. Right. Yeah. So when I connected with her, uh, one of my first experiences, and she said, yes, you're a witch, and you've always been a witch, and witches are in our family. Wow. And I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> was that a good tears oh, or a terrifying? Tears <laughs> running down my face. You know, I was very excited, oh, and wow. it felt so right. Right. Um, it felt for the first time like I was who I am. So, so when you say you you practice witchcraft for the past three years, what what does your practice look like? So I'm I'm what they call a solitary eclectic hedge witch. Mm -hmm. Let's get a lot of titles. In <laughs> yeah, throw all the words not? all the words out. So the eclectic part is just I I've studied all kinds of different traditions, and there are as many different traditions of witchcraft as there are sects of Christianity. Right. Um, and so I just study, 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 and when something rings my bell, I go, oh, I'm going to add that to my practice, hmm, <laughs> and right. that's what I do. So uh, I am a secular witch, which means I do not uh, work a lot with deity. Mm -hmm. uh, they are part of my practice, but there's Wicca 
You've heard of Wicca? I have, yeah. Wicca is more the religious practice of witchcraft. It's oh, okay. more deity-oriented, right. goddess and god-oriented, very much more formal. Um, this is how you do things. It's, it's very a ritualistic. little bit more dogmatic. Right. Secular witches, such as myself, we basically work with deity and other energies, but we don't bend our knee, right? <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> right. I work in partnership with all kinds of energetic beings, spirits, and entities. And uh, uh, it's basically a partnership hmm. rather than a supplication. Wow. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I found There's it There's not a hierarchy. Yeah, not necessarily, yeah. no. I can recognize and uh, respect and give reverence to those higher beings, mm -hmm. the goddess and the gods' energies. Right. But when I approach them, I approach them as, uh, as an equal Right. As a partner. Right. And I don't That's ask beautiful. I don't ask them for things. I just ask them to empower me to get what I need right. or want. That's amazing. So yeah. I've never thought about the the distinction between secular and Wiccan. Yeah, all all Wiccans are witches, but not all witches are Wiccans. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mouthful. Yes. I, <laughs> I'm not even gonna try that. I've had to practice that many years, <laughs> but yes. So, so what kind of misconceptions do people have about what you do? Oh, that we dance with the devil and we work with so demons. You, you don't we get our that. power from demons. No, there's actually no <laughs> Satan in witchcraft. Right. Witches don't believe. Which I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is, you, you know, you worship Satan, you're with Satan, you dance with Satan, you have dinner yeah, with him. Whatever. We don't even believe in such a being. Yeah. We don't believe in the personification of pure evil. And conversely, we don't believe in the personification of pure good either. Right. So it's all just on a gradient. Right. Yeah. We're all just energy beings. Right, exactly. So what are some other misconceptions that you've had to deal with? Well, that that uh, we that we seek dominion and power over others, that we are constantly out there cursing people and right, <laughs> wreaking Casting havoc spells. wherever we can. Yes. <laughs> and dropping uh, houses on people. And although I can tell you that yes, cursing is real, I right. can also <laughs> tell you that most of the witches I know are just like any other people. Right. You know, it's kind of like if you if you and your neighbor both own guns, your neighbor can choose to take his gun and go out to the mall and start shooting people. Right. I use my gun, my spells and my curses for protection and defense. Right. Which, I, you know, and it just depends on the witch. There's no such thing as so-called black magic or white magic. There's no such thing as the dark witch or the white witch. Right. It's all just the intentions of the specific witch and right. how they work and what they're trying to achieve. So if you have good intentions to the world, you're right. going to bring good intentions to the world. Right. It, yeah. I mean, we're just people. Right. Witches are just people, so we are just like all of you all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Except we're much more All of us powerful. Mere mortals. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you look back through history at the history of witchcraft and witches, and it's not—it's not a good history for women. No, it doesn't. It doesn't usually turn out well. Um, you look at all the, the witch trials in Salem and in Europe when, you know, tens of thousands of women were... The burning time. Yeah. It was actually millions that oh, were burned wow. at the stake and from th about 1300s forward yeah, to about the lot. 1800s. And, and majority women. Mm-hmm. And how easy it was to be accused of being a witch and how hard it was to defend yourself right. about well, being and, a witch. And unfortunately, the narrative was written by the Christian movement. Right. And, and so a lot of the, the current beliefs around witches are phrased within that context. Right. And, and honestly, it's 100% not true. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. We, worship, we, we work with nature. We're based on na with nature. 
We are highly in tune with the cycles of nature, the seasons, the changing of the seasons, and how those energies affect us and what we can use those energies to accomplish. Right. Um, Beltane, for example, is the big holiday coming up. Yeah. It will have passed by the time this podcast is <laughs> right. on air, but nonetheless. <laughs> it is um, happening. So we have these celebrations. There are eight of them around the wheel of the year um, where we honor and, and pay homage and do things to whatever. Right. Um, but it's very nature-based and spirit-based. And a lot of people that were burned as witches were healers. You yeah, know, they, exactly. they worked with plants. They worked with animals. They worked with healing people. And obviously, that was a dark magic, so we, we should kill them. Right. And it's kind of ironic because uh, in, in ancient times, the witches were accused of causing the fields to wither and die. Right. Or causing the cattle to die or <laughs> right. whatever. And why would they do that when they relied on those things as well? Yeah, it's going to hurt them too. Yeah. So it, it's so funny because you go back to the, the secular, the, I mean, the sacred aspect of the church, the hierarchy at the time, um, when women step into their power, it ter- it's terrifying. It's a threat. It's a threat. It yeah. They have to be is. destroyed. And I thought that's really an extreme response to women stepping into their power. Absolutely. And the early Christian church had to have people believe that they couldn't do it themselves, that there had to be an intercessor between right. them and God. Right. And they all happened to be men. Of course. <laughs> so if you're a woman out there and you're going, oh, you know, you don't need them. Just go out into the trees and do your thing. Yeah. You can worship. <laughs> and they're like, no, wait yourself. a minute. We need an organization. You need to. <laughs> we need to judge you and translate for you <laughs> and bestow right. upon you. That's yeah. right. So that's where a lot of the those narratives are just couched in yeah. mis, uh, or misunderstanding, lies, and take things taken out of context. Wow. So. so you do tarot card reading and oracle card reading. Mm-hmm. What happens when a person comes to you for a reading? What What is the process and what happens for you to help them? So um, I'm what they call clairsentient, which means I feel them. And there's other, there's clairvoyant, there's, there's clairaudient. What, the, what are the definitions between so the, them? So uh, the clairsentient, which is what I am, I feel them. I feel them physically and, and these are spirits. emotionally spirits. Okay. Yes. And then you have clairaudient, which is when they hear them, clairvoyant, which is when they see them. Right. And then you have a full-blown, ever, does-everything kind of mediums. But I don't see them, and I don't hear them. Mm-hmm. I feel, feel them. them. I'm also what they call claircognizant, which means that things will just pop into my head. I'll know something, and I won't know why I know it. Hmm. Uh, so when someone comes in and asks for a reading, uh, the first thing I do to prepare is I, I go into a, a light trance state so that I can easily access what we call the liminal spaces. A liminal space is the in-between space between point A and point B. So between us here in the material world and the the realm of the spirits, there's a liminal space. It's like a corridor or a bridge. Like a foyer. Right, exactly. (laughs) So I, I, because I don't see them and hear them, I get into this space and then I hand the cards over to my querent, the person asking the questions, Mm -hmm. and they shuffle the cards. And then uh, when they return the cards to me, I just open myself up to receive whatever interpretations for the cards come from spirit. Now, there are meanings associated with all of the cards. Right. But um, because I work intuitively with spirit, I actually will transcend some of those meanings. And sometimes one card, the Seven of Swords, for example, might read one way for one person Mm -hmm. and completely different for someone else based on how I'm feeling and what I'm getting from their spirits. Wow. And let's go back a a little bit. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about tarot cards. Let's do Mm -hmm. a quick tarot card 101. So for people who might have a fear about it or not quite sure what it is, (laughs) how would you explain tarot cards? Well, they've been around for, for... thousands of years. Um, the prevailing 
theory now from uh, academia is that, uh, not to be confused with macadamias, uh, <laughs> is, that, good in chocolate. is that they were brought to Europe by the Templars, the Knights Templar from North Africa, Egypt primarily. Right. And, um, and then the stories kind of get, depending upon which tradition you, you follow, what, did they go to France? Did they go to Italy? Who was first? Who did what? Doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, they were all over. <laughs> but they've been around uh, since forever. However, it wasn't until um, the late 1800s where images were actually added to what we call the lesser arcana, that which we call playing cards today. Mm -hmm, right. Where images were added to that set. That'd be the swords, the cups. Right. Pentacles. Swords, cups, pentacles, and um, wands. And wands. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime. I can help. Thanks Anytime. for keeping track of me. Um, and so, uh, and then being used as tools of divination, uh, really, they've been used forever. There are two parts to the cards. The first 22 cards are called the Greater Arcana. They represent um, human archetypes, and we call it the Fool's Journey. It's, uh, it's uh, basically the things that one can expect to encounter and learn from as one and the lives, first card is actually the life. fool. The, the start, first card is the fool, that's right, beginning a new journey. And then it ends with the world, which is where you have transcended, learned everything you can learn, and now you are taken up into a new reality. Right. And then the uh, minor arcana, which are the playing cards, wands, cups, um, uh, swords, and pentacles, represent the different energies um, around life. Wands, for example, are fire, mm -hmm. ambition, drive. Cups are emotion and communication, psychicness. Um, pentacles are everything material, material world. And then swords are the element of air, which is the way we think, our reasoning, <laughs> our mental capacities, and also connection to spirit. Interesting. So, yeah. And so you have, you give them a reading. Um, how, how does this help them? How does it help the, the people that are coming to you? Well, uh, I always set my intention that people will find me who need help. Mm. So what I do is I try to focus in on, almost regardless of the question they're asking, what do they need right now? Right. Where are they supposed to be headed? And, and I, I call on their higher spirits, their spirit allies, to kind of tell me the messages that they need to hear at this time rather than maybe what they might want to hear. Right. Just two differently, so, totally different totally things. different things. Yeah. So very often, you know, someone will come to me and ask, is, um, is my job, is this the right kind of a job for me or whatever? Mm -hmm. And I'll say, well, yeah, probably, but it doesn't really matter because... <laughs> Because you're not going to be there very long. <laughs> because, yes, you have this other path that's sort of right. being offered to you. Right. So my whole goal is to, is to help people recognize their path, that there is a path, and that they may or may not be on it, or that they may be close to finding it, or, or whatever. But right. we all have a path that serves our highest good. I do believe in reincarnation. I believe in the journey of the soul. And the only reason we exist on this tiny little planet is to learn and to grow, yeah, period. It's yeah. not to beat ourselves up. It's not to hold on to crap that doesn't help us. Right. And I did really want to say the other word, by the way, but I'm trying to <laughs> censor myself. Uh, <laughs> I know I look like a sweet old grandma, but really I have the mouth of a sailor. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, uh, but it's all about finding your path and, and kind of looking at the higher viewpoint. Right. 
So although the cards can be used for very mundane questions, right. how does he feel about me? Right. Those Is kinds this the of right things. kind of cereal to buy? It, right. It's kind of, the, it's, it's like owning a Ferrari, but only driving it to the grocery store back and forth twice a week and never going <laughs> right. over 40 miles an hour. Why would you do that? Right. <laughs> so, Dig in deep. Get the real right, answers. Right. Yeah. So that's my view. Does that answer your Absolutely. question? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. And tarot is so fascinating to me. I've been studying tarot for a while and my sister's a really good tarot card reader. And when you go in without expectation, just like, you know, what's like you said, don't go in with a serious question. Just go in with what's happening in my life. Where is it going? What, what direction do I go? Right. I think it's so eerily accurate. It's, I've never had a car reading where I'm thinking, well, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's always like, oh yeah, that totally resonates with me. I've never had a reading where I didn't agree with it. Yeah. When Even you... if I didn't admit it out loud, it's like in my head, it's like, oh yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I, no, I, I very often have people who have breakdowns. Oh really? Cathartic kind of breakdowns. Right. Um, well, they, they get I, validated. I find that very fulfilling. That yeah. tells me that, okay, we've just hit the nail on the head. Right. And we need to explore this maybe for, right. you, for your highest good. I very often direct people to get uh, professional counseling because mm-hmm. sometimes we uncover stuff that is not very happy. Yeah. Uh, in which case I'm not qualified to take you on that journey, but there right. are others who are. Right. So, yes, it's very fulfilling. Um, I'm so gratified uh, all the time. I just love what I do. Mm. Um, so, do people ever try to ever try to trick you? Oh like, yeah. Do they, so oh, what, yeah. give me an example of that. Well, uh, I most usually it's the people who come in with the okay, prove to me that you are who you are. <laughs> right. Kind I of want an evidence. Ad, kind of an attitude. Right. And honestly, I can tell probably within the first five or ten minutes. Oh really? Usually, it's the, from their spirits. Like they just don't come forward. Like there's no point in this. Right. <laughs> In which, we're not, we're not in which case, in I will just read the cards on a very surface, you know, level, right. and then I'll say, okay, now will that be cash card or Venmo? <laughs> and then let them go on their way. Right, right. Um, there are very rarely people who come in, and I just know right at the get-go that they're only there to just prove that I'm full of crap. Right. In which case, I just say, you know, I think you'll probably be better served with someone else. You mm. should probably, you know, right. bye-bye, have a nice life. Very, very rarely does that happen? Most of the people I deal with are there because they sincerely have questions and they need guidance and they're just looking for, and that's why we read the cards right? for guidance, uh, to kind of demonstrate the energies and the kind of the, the, the things that are pushing us towards a possible future outcome. Our futures are not carved in stone. That's why we read the cards. So if you decide, oh, I don't want to go there, yeah. <laughs> maybe I should make <laughs> maybe some should changes. Yeah. <laughs> so you can then make some changes. It's the butterfly effect. You're your free will is never taken away. So this is where you're headed. Is that where you want to go? <laughs> and if not, <laughs> you might want to turn around. How can we fix that? <laughs> so that's kind of how it goes. That's great. And you say you read tarot cards and oracle cards. What's, what are the difference between the, the two? So tarot cards are, uh, are based on two different systems, uh, the universal system or the hermetic system. And they're very similar. The images on the cards change, but the basic meanings remain the same. Oracle cards, on the other hand, are specific to the deck, mm. and they almost always have a specific theme associated with that deck. Right. So I have some oracle decks that are very dark. So when I have someone who is struggling with shadow in, uh, problems, and mm. I don't mean dark spirits, by the way. Right. But just I mean those aspects of ourselves yeah. that we don't like to think about. Right. <laughs> I'll pull out one of my dark cards to see, okay, well, what's happening? What shadow is rising in you that you may need to look at? Mm. 
Um, and then I have decks that are extremely optimistic and lovely and supportive. My Celtic tree oracle, for example, <laughs> is very lovely and 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 motivational. And right. so, based on what I'm facing at the time, uh, will determine which oracle deck I pull. Hmm. Does that does that yeah, answer your yeah, question? Absolutely. I start to talk and I lose myself. <laughs> That's just funny. <laughs> so when you say that people come to you and you can feel their spirit guides, what does that feel like to you? Do you get impressions? Do you get an actual physical sensation? Oh, but all all of the above. Hmm. The first thing I'll notice is the change in the energy in the room when a spirit is is near. You can feel that sense, that change in the energy. And what does that feel like? Because we all get. We all vibrate. Oh, right. Yeah, we're all energy. Right. We're energy exactly. wearing skin. Yeah. So depending upon what kind of entity I'm working with, if it's a very high vibrational uh, guardian angel kind of energy, I will feel elated. I'll feel sometimes very, oh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> You like know, meeting a celebrity. I promise you I'm going to do the right thing. You know, uh, versus maybe a little, uh, maybe an ancestor who's kind right. of pissed off. <laughs> And then I'll feel um, a little bit surly. Right. Not all of our spirits are, you know, light and love. Some of them, right. especially those ancestors. In fact, I broke down crying just the other night with a with a client because one of their uh, great great grandmothers stepped forward and she was weeping very strongly, and I could hardly get through the reading because wow. she was so close to me. I I actually had to ask her to withdraw because I was so emotionally, right. You know. So uh, it's it's both. It's physical. Sometimes I'll have um, pains in my body that will indicate either the way the person died mm -hmm. or sometimes if there are health issues with the person who's sitting in front of me. And I'll ask them, have you been having digestive issues? Are mm. you, how's your heart, you know? Right. And this, of course, is also guided by the cards that I lay down. <clears throat> if I pull the death card, by the way, which is a highly misunderstood card in the tarot. Right. It's Depending upon the position, that it, right? It, it can be, but <laughs> can, not necessarily. Not usually, yeah. yeah, depends on where it falls in the spread. What the question was, but I have had situations where it was mm. something is maybe what you, coming. What do you say? Oh, that's that's very tricky, and <laughs> you have to use a lot of diplomacy and a lot of um, compassion. Right. Um, so I usually will tell people, you know, you should probably go check with your doctor. You should probably take care of yourself. Mm. Maybe look at your stress and your diet and, right. and do some things that you can to, because again, our futures are not carved in stone. Sure. This could be and, a warning. Like and you I, keep going along this path. Yeah. Right. Right. Die. Maybe take a, but I'll always advise getting in touch with a doctor or medical professional and uh, having a checkup at the very least. Right. Now, if they tell me, yes, I have been having migraine headaches or I have been having double vision or whatever I'll say well you really should go see a doctor I mean I'll make it more of a <laughs> like a requirement here's your marching orders <laughs> right. okay so wow yeah. how would you define <clears throat> spirituality I would I would say that uh, there are many spokes on the wheel and they all lead to the center so what's, it, what's at the center spirituality it, the, what's at the center is is fulfillment of of our life, of uh, of everything that we've learned, and you can call it heaven, paradise, which is call it the summerland. Mm -hmm. It's where we all eventually end up. I call it love, love, yeah. absolutely pure love, pure yeah. light, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And uh, so, spirituality to me is just anything that you do that leads you to a higher place, mm. that helps you get in touch with your higher self, your 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 higher good, um, and makes you want to. Be better, feel better, act better, <laughs> be filled with love, right. and um, and that's how I would define spirituality. I love that. That's beautiful. I really like that a lot. Thank you. Um, and my 
the theme of my podcast is moving away from fear and toward love. Mm-hmm. And these discussions, because there's so many misunderstandings, there's so many, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I forgot words today. Lies. <laughs> yeah, lies. <laughs> Disconnection. That's what I'm looking right, for. Right. There you go. We're so, many, we're so disconnected <clears throat> from each other that the more we talk about it, the closer we move toward love. And so what is something that you have moved through that took you from fear to love? Well, as I said, I've struggled with um, debilitating depression my entire life. Um, I've been closer to suicide on three or four occasions in my life. Mm. And um, for me, moving from fear, which which was really the core, actually, of my depression, the fear of, um, I'm not doing this right. right. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm failing. Why can't I get this right? You know, it's, it's the constant. fear is the root of almost everything oh, we I, suffer. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And so... The journey of going from fear, fear of what's coming at me, fear of what I'm doing wrong, fear of failure, everything culminated in that moment when I realized I was a witch and I took a different course. Right. So I think the answer is if your life isn't working for you, hmm. if you're struggling with anything, try a different direction. <laughs> right. You if it hurts, stop doing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like if it's the definition of insanity, exactly. you know, if you keep yeah. doing the same things over and over and expect the same result, mm, hello, or expect a different result. Right. So yeah, if your life isn't working, explore. I mean, I started uh, decades ago reading about Buddhism mm-hmm. as I started to leave the patriarchal religion. Yeah. And get more. I studied Buddhism. I studied Hindu uh, Hinduism and and Confucius uh, isms, whatever right. the isms are, religions, you know, Tao and all that. Right. Um, and and honestly, uh, that's that's what started me heading in the direction. And I utilize all of that in my practice, by right. the way. So, which is why I think there's truth everywhere. Yeah, I like what you said about the spokes <clears throat> of the wheel. That every spoke leads to the center. It depends mm-hmm. on which spoke you choose to travel. Right, just find a spoke that works for you. Yeah, which is why I do not denigrate anyone who is actively involved as a Christian or sure, a, yeah. a Muslim or a Jew. If it works for you, yeah. If it inspires you to be better, stronger, happier, better, more power to yeah. you. Yeah, um, yeah. We should all be allowed to do what makes us feel better. I agree. So how can people find you if they want to have a reading or done? What what can they do to get a hold of so you? So the name is Acadia Darkwood. And there's no R in my first name. <laughs> You're not Arcadia. It's A-C-A-D-I-A. And I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And if you're interested in booking a reading, you can go to the Crohn's Hollow website at www.cronshollow.com. And under the Psychic Readings tab, you'll find me and all the other lovely readers there at Crohn's Hollow. And our schedules are there. And you can go ahead and book 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 an appointment. I would love to see you. That's great. And I I really enjoyed my reading with you. I thought you were very accurate, very very, um, inspiring for me to move in a direction that I hadn't considered before. So I thought it was fascinating. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm giving a reference. and actually I I have received additional um, insights about you. Oh, great. That there absolutely (laughs) is an opportunity coming for you. I know. My sister told me that. My cards tell me that. So if you're out there and you want to sponsor my podcast, (laughs) million dollars a month, it's yours. There you you go. (laughs) For a nominal fee. For a nominal fee, I will sell my podcast to you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Acadia. You are um, fascinating to talk to. I just love the whole idea of, of women with power, women stepping into their own power, not having it bestowed upon them based on worthiness or blah, 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 whatever. Right. And I think more women need to step into their power, whether it's through witchcraft or through service or through whatever they... Exactly. Academia, whatever they need to do mm-hmm. to step into their power. And I think it, I think it will change the world. 
I, I totally agree. Yeah. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. And thank you for listening again. If you want to support my podcast, you can go to my anchor platform, Life and Laughter Podcast, uh, Life and Laughter Coaching or something like that. I forgot my name of my podcast. <laughs> Look it up. You'll find me. And you can become a monthly supporter. And thanks again, Roger. You do a great job making the sound really good. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you soon. Do you want more life and laughter? Check out my blog at lnlcoaching.com and find me on Instagram and Facebook at Life and Laughter Coaching. See you again soon.